Hi, and welcome to MC Podcast number 35. Today in studio, we have Alex Feller and we have Amy Parrish, and we're going to be talking about something that everyone loves to talk about, taxes, right? So uh, back in December, um, our government signed a new tax reform bill. And so we're just going to be, uh, we, ha- we had to bring in experts. So I'm an expert on a lot of things. Taxes, though, hey, Alex, I don't need that kind of that I'm, kind of look. I made the mark face on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, I'm an expert on a couple of things. There you go, that's there, better. Is that better? Everybody, better? everybody agree with that one? Okay, taxes is not one of them, okay? And so... Um, so so anyway, so I, we we brought in some experts to just talk about how how this new tax bill can affect farms and, and how it may even affect some of the guys who are working on the farms and just kind of maybe even just normal everyday people who 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 have jobs and pay taxes. So anyway, so uh, just kind of want to introduce everybody. Alex, we've had you on before. You yes. you 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 are the director of finance. Is that kind of what your title is? Yes, I have many titles, but that's one of them. Yeah, we all. It's kind of interesting at Master's Choice. We we have many titles. We we have those other duties as assigned. What's your job description today? Today I am the podcast host. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so you know, my overall would be uh, director of nutrition research. Mm-hmm. And today I'm podcast host. Next next couple of weeks I will be sales trainer and customer meeting presenter. Mm-hmm. So, so they, so they do. So, um, so just give us a little, little background. You've been working for Master's Choice for how long now? So I've been working for Master's Choice since April of 2012. And the reason it was April of 2012 is because January through the beginning of April, 2012, I was working for one Amy Parrish CPA. Woohoo. And so, and so we also have in studio with us today, Amy Parrish. Amy, welcome. Amy Parrish CPA. Amy Parrish CPA. Yeah, I worked hard for that. So yeah, we want to include that when we can. There. Not not a problem, Amy <laughs> Parrish CPA. <laughs> and so so you've actually you are a consultant for Master's Choice mm-hmm. and and so but you also have your own um you have your own CPA business. Sure. You, you do taxes for other people. How how long have you worked for Master's Choice? Kind of how did that relationship evolve? Okay. Well, I've been in public practice for 21 years. Okay. My first... Uh, Started when you were 12. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> See, I'm a nice Flattery guy. will get you yeah. every year. Uh, well, uh, you try. Yeah. You got to yeah. flatter yeah. the CPA. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a piece of chocolate later. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I've had my own business. I opened my own business in Jonesboro in 2006, which was right about the same time that Lynn and Paula started Master's Choice. Okay. They started in 2005, and I was about a year behind that. In 2007 is when I started consulting with them and helping them with some of their accounting processes Good. and their software and, and keeping the books and taxes and consulting and, and a lot of things like that. So, and I've been with them ever since then. So, you know, a lot of guys, we, you know, we say Parish CPA and, and those, those, uh, those three letters usually kind of bring a chill down people's spines and, and like the room grows cold and, and, you know, you just think, but, um, that Amy really does have a soul. And, um, and in fact, uh, we, uh, you, you have a couple of signs up in your, in your practice mm-hmm. that just kind of, I, I just, I just think they reflect just a, a, what I would say would be different than, than, than what I would think a, a CPA accounting person are. And so, so those signs say, uh, well, one of them says that it is said that our tax system is a voluntary tax system. But does anybody remember when they volunteered for this? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I do have another one uh, that a lot of people like when they visit my office that's not exactly tax related. It says borrow money from a pessimist because they don't expect it to be repaid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that I, you know, I mean, I would feel comfortable in an office like that. Sure. I, I, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I, I absolutely do. So so back in December, um, uh, our, our government, we, we, had a new, we had a new tax reform bill. I just, I kind of want you guys to talk about how that may affect, uh, affect farms. How, how, what are, what are some things here? Um, a- Amy, what are, what are, what are the biggest changes there for farms that, that a farmer is going to see a benefit from? There's so many changes in this tax bill, and we are all still learning a lot um, about it because it is so extensive and it covers so many different things okay. in different areas. Um, in fact, you know, I've been doing this 21 years, and this is the first time that we have had to take additional continuing education in the middle of tax season. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're actually attending additional classes next week to try to find out what all is included in this bill. The University of Illinois is going through and preparing some materials so that we can find out all the ins and outs because every time we look at it and talk about it, we find something new in there. Okay. I think there's some great things that they've done for farmers. Um, they, they made some changes to the NOL, um, but they have kept the NOL, which is a net operating loss. Okay. So if you actually lose money this year, sometimes with farms you may you have cyclical patterns. Yes. So you may lose money this year, but then you make money next year. So if you lose money, they will allow you to carry that over next year and get the deduction for it so it can offset next year's income. Nice. It's still here, but they have put a l- some limits on it. Um, for non-farmers, they've completely eliminated our ability to carry that back, but they've kept it for farmers. So it was farmer-friendly in that aspect. Oh, nice. So, nice. so, so a regular business. So if mm-hmm. I owned a, a gas station or a restaurant or hotel, mm-hmm. I, I used to be able to carry that over. Mm-hmm. And now now those businesses can't, but farmers can still do that? Well, they carry can back. Carry, carry back. back. Yep. You can carry so you it back amend to your tax return, amend your tax returns from previous years. And then assume the loss in years where you actually made money to offset income. Okay. But you can still carry it forward, but they're going to limit how much of it you can carry forward. And it's really hard to answer. It's hard to answer questions from a... So I'm not a CPA. I'm not Alex Feller CPA, but... Yeah, um, I'm glad because I would not walk around calling you Alex Feller CPA. I would insist that you did, though. I know, I know. That's um, why I don't have a doctorate degree, because everybody... I would make everybody call me... Dr. Kirk. Dr. Kirk. <laughs> um. So it's 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 always tough for accountants to answer questions that are vague questions mm-hmm. with specific answers. So the vague sure. questions usually is this a good tax bill? It's going to depend on your circumstances because because these these tweaks that in in, pre, in past years have been small adjustments just became a tidal wave of all these big changes and they're large dollar amounts. Okay. Um, the NOL thing doesn't seem like a big deal, but you're talking probably a difference of sometimes millions of dollars for a business of taxable income, which could translate into $350,000 a year in savings or, or not in this case. Um, there's another one that's um, the, the deduction for equipment, 179 okay. deduction that a lot, of, a lot of people in agriculture use when they purchase new equipment um, is, is doubling, which, which really seems like a good thing, right? But at the same time, how many, how many, mid to small size operations are investing that larger amount. So it went from $500,000 to a million. Okay. How many so you can, small so, operations? So hold on. Talk, talk, yeah. me, talk me through that for a second. So 
the so used to you could only deduct five hundred thousand dollars worth of worth of uh, well under this it's a special provision for immediate depreciation basically is what it we well. call it section 179 deduction we love it. It, it it is it is the business person's best friend in some cases and a lot of my farmers benefit a lot from section 179 what it does um is it allows you when you go and you buy a piece of equipment you go buy a tractor or a combine or a truck yeah trucks are very popular yeah uh, they have to be the big trucks that's sure. right absolutely you have to have yeah, a big yeah, truck yeah. Um, so it's a real good excuse to have to have a big truck. But it also creates a good tax deduction because when you buy this piece of equipment, we get to the end of the year and we're looking at your tax return and we say, well, you had a good crop, but prices are down. So you know, you know, maybe you didn't have as much income as you would have in another year because your prices are low on your okay. commodity. Yeah. So you've bought this $100,000 combine, but we don't really need to deduct all of it. Maybe we only need to deduct enough of it to get you into a lower tax bracket. Okay. So we can we can adjust that number up and down by election and say, we want to deduct half of it. We want to deduct all of it. Maybe prices were great and you had a bumper crop. Okay. And so we want to deduct the whole $100,000 tractor this year. So we've had a $500,000 limit on that in previous years, and now they've doubled that to a million dollars. So if you want to buy a million dollars worth of equipment in one year and write it all off because you've really made a lot of money this year, it's a really great deal. I'm going to talk to Mandy about that when I get home tonight. (laughs) So here's your follow-up question then for, for the farmers. Yeah. Are you making that much money right now? To where you're going to want to buy that much equipment, right? So it, it's a mixed bag because you see the you see the increase, like Amy mentioned, but are you actually going to see the benefit from the increase in that limit? Okay, but I don't know. You, probably, I maybe not you. this year, but maybe maybe in subsequent years. Mm-hmm. I mean, so so here's a here's a question showing showing my ignorance here. How how many how how often do they really reform the taxes? I mean, is it something that happens every year? Not I like mean, this. Not, not, okay, so not, not like, like this. this. So this is this is extensive. This is huge. This okay. is a massive, massive tax bill. Going back to the fact that we still you're you're going to be doing continuing education right, right here in the middle of right here mm-hmm. in the middle of tax season because it is it is such a massive thing. They every year, just almost every year, we have some kind of a tax bill. Um, okay. There are always little little things in the tax code that maybe this this provision is going to expire but we really like it we want to keep this tax credit around so they'll they'll do a, a modification to okay. keep it for another year or two or extend it or to increase the section 179 limits they're always tweaking it a little bit mm-hmm. here and there and making small changes that's we're used to that okay this this is different okay this is this changes everybody is impacted by this. This is not just impacting a few people. This is every taxpayer is going to see huge changes in the way they file their taxes and what that looks like. Okay. Wow. So so keeping on with what are what are some of the good changes? Mm-hmm. What what are some of the good changes? We talked about we talked about those those two mm-hmm. uh, for farmers. Are there any others that are that are pretty major good I think the estate, the change in the estate taxes is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You always have to be a little bit careful when you're talking about federal tax law because the state tax law does not always follow. Okay. So even when we talk about the Section 179 and things like that, the, all of the states don't ag- follow exactly. So there sometimes have to be adjustments. Estate tax planning is the same way. Okay. So they've doubled the estate tax. So what that means is, when that when mom and dad farmer pass away, yep. 
and they have you know 2000 acres and you know depending on how much those acres are worth i mean some of those in central areas or northern some of that really good farm ground and mm-hmm. we've seen some of it sell for six thousand ten thousand dollars an acre yeah, sometimes more than that more than that sometimes so when they pass away that goes through their estate yeah and they that we got to get a value on that so let's say mom and dad pass away and they own seven million dollars of farmland okay, okay. so in the past the limit has been a little over five million five and a quarter mm-hmm. So anything over that, once you go over that, then the kids, the the heirs, have to pay estate taxes, which are very, very high. Okay. You know, could run in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Is there a ballpark kind of general uh, percentage there? If it, if it runs over, it's 30% or... Twenty percent or fifty percent, or it can. I mean, we have seen sometimes it's fifty percent. Wow. I mean, by the time you get state and federal combined, right? Because right. you have state comes in as well. Okay. I mean, it can get very, very high, okay. and and it's not like uh, I don't deal with a lot of those tax yeah. returns because usually when you get into those arenas, they're they're massive. Yeah. Um. So. It's, a, it's not like with our tax, with individual taxes, well, if you make, you know, it, it's, you fill up this bucket and then you fill up this bucket and it's graduated. Okay. Once you get over that mark, everything becomes taxable. Oh, okay. It's not just the amount over the amount. It's not just the amount over that's taxable, it's, it's everything. all of oh, it becomes Lord. taxable. Yeah. So that's why it gets so, so okay. high. And it's double taxed because you've already been taxed on the wealth that got what the inheritance mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. So you've paid taxes so once, and now you're paying taxes again. But it's a voluntary again. system. Voluntary. But it's yeah. voluntary, sure. <laughs> Especially the estate tax, which is when you, you know, right. yeah. aren't around anymore. Yeah, and you're, yeah. So they've doubled that. So now it's, uh, you know, 10 or $11 million okay. or something like that, which is great. Yeah. And we also have a portability. As far as I know, the portability election is still in there, which means you get a $10 million, $10 million exemption, and I get $10 million exemption. So if we're husband and wife, then you die, and you don't use all of yours. I can use what you don't use. Okay. So, you know, we can kind of share that. All right. Okay. So that was a good thing. They've doubled that. Problem is the state of Illinois didn't double theirs, and the state of Illinois is four million. Okay. So it depends on what state you're in. If you're in Missouri, you're great because Missouri doesn't have one. Okay. Some states don't. Some states do. Some states follow federal, and some don't. So you really, it's really, really important to get together with a tax preparer and an attorney that know the estate law in your state where you live, okay. and not just where you live, where the asset is. Okay. Because I've had farmers that live in Missouri, and they own yeah. farmland in Illinois, and Illinois law rules. Okay, because because the the land is there. Yeah, we we kind of we were we were kind of working that with Dad. We we had we had some stuff with with Dad in Texas, and um, and so uh, we we're not we're not to the uh, um, inheritance yet, but but we we had to sell a house and, and some of those mm-hmm. things. So we were looking at you know what law. What law trumped mm-hmm. where? I have a question about that though, about the the, se- the separation with with state and and federal. So going going back to the um, going back to the depreciation and the mm-hmm. deductible, the y'all y'all came up with the number easily. I'm not going to remember it, but um, so if I if I go buy if I go buy a hundred thousand dollar tractor, mm-hmm. and I want to deduct that all on federal, can I can I deduct a hundred thousand of that on federal and 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 fifty thousand of that on state, or do I have to deduct the same amount on each one? Does, it, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I understand your question, and the answer, 
As always in tax law, is it depends. It depends. Okay. Unless <laughs> unless you're Dr. Kirk, and then the answer is, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're talking about the Section 179, and you're talking about the state of Illinois and Section 179, whatever you deduct on the federal is what you'll is deduct what you on Illinois. Okay. There are other states that will let you do Section 179, but maybe only up to 25000 Okay. So if you deducted 100000 on the federal, you may be limited to 25000 on the state. Okay. There's another type of depreciation called bonus, and if you do that on the federal, you get none of that on the state of Illinois. Oh, wow. Okay. So it depends on the state, and it depends on the method that you're using. Okay. All right. Well, that that that, that clears that up a little bit. It can't... In a little it can't, bit. Yeah. I mean, it can be different, but it, it, yeah. depending on where you are... It depends it may, on where you are. It may if not you're be. in Illinois and it's Section 179, they have to match. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. All right. So um, so the inheritance, the... the um, Depreciation deductible. Um, you know, we talked about one more benefit. Are there any other any other big benefits that we see in this for in, in this for farmers? It depends on how they're structured. Okay. So farmers can be structured in a number of different ways. They well, there's been a lot of talk about they've lowered the corporate tax rate. Yes. Okay. So there are a couple different kinds of corporations. What they've lowered the tax rate for is a C corporation or a standard regular corporation. Okay. Those are the old traditional corporations that we've had forever. Okay. Those they've changed that to a flat 21% tax bracket. So no matter how much money they make, it's 21%. Okay. Which is great if you're making more than $50,000 in that company. because, But if you make less than 50000 that's actually a tax increase because you would have paid 15% and now you're paying 21%. 21. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> so it, that kind of depends on how much you're making and what kind of, how you're structured. Okay. There are other forms. There's an S corporation that you could have. You could be structured like a partnership. Mm-hmm. And a lot of small farmers are structured just as sole proprietors. Now they all are also getting a tax break in the form of a 20% deduction based on something that they've called qualified business income. We're not really sure what that is okay. yet. We're waiting. That's We're going to school going, next going week. Going to school next week, find that <laughs> gonna out. We're going to find that out. So it's going to be a 20% deduction uh, based on the qualified business income, some variation of their taxable income. Um, if they can't use it in one year, it can carry forward. So that is hopefully it's intended to e- kind of equalize the, the playing ground because right. they lowered the taxes on the – C-Corps, so they wanted to give a tax break on that. At the same time, we've lost some some really good credits, too. Um, there was one called a Domestic Production Activities Deduction. Domestic Production Activities Deduction. D-PAD. D-PAD, for short, which has been a great, great deduction for farmers uh, for many years. Okay. But there, that's been eliminated. Okay. So... What I think is kind of interesting is that there's always a there's always a background there's always a, something that the government is trying to incentivize whenever they make these changes and so that changes in generations sometimes and so you're probably going to see tax reform come in waves like it does now so I think they were calling this the largest tax reform in the last 30 years oh wow you could probably expect that cycle to happen again so 30 years from now it'll probably change again because the needs of what the government wants to incentivize have also changed. Thank God I will be retired by then because I don't <laughs> think I could go through another one of these I tax bet. bills. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I bet. So you got to ask, what's the purpose of the tax bill? Okay. Well, th- there's obviously what was sold and there's what actually happened. So what was sold was what we want to do is we want to lower corporate rates, trusting that they will invest in 
workers. Right. They'll create jobs that will get money moving in the economy again. And so it's kind of the same way with, with each individual part of this as well is what's the point? And I don't want to I don't want to overgeneralize, but usually if you can understand the point, that's how you can take advantage of of the tax system to benefit you the most. Okay. We joke about the voluntary tax system, but it's been said a lot that you you really you really pay taxes if you want to. So if you if you if you opt to not play the game, if you opt to not do the things that the government says you should be doing with your business, that's fine. You don't have to do that. You have freedom to to do whatever you want to. However, you're opting to pay more taxes as a result of that. And that's that's a cost and benefit for you. If you don't want to play the game and pay more taxes because you can make more money that way, do it. Not everybody should own a rental home. Right. But the government at one point in time heavily incentivized people to do that because in certain areas there was a housing crisis. Right. So it always depends on what their game is, right? Um, we can look at this and, and say, well, you may you may lose money on the deal, but maybe the cycle will benefit you next time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know. So so staying staying with the big farms, are there um, are are there those places that we can see that there's definitely not a benefit? Are, are there any of those in in this tax bill that a, that a guy needs to be aware of that there you know there's a place where you know we already we already talked about some of the changes we we lost this are there other things that that maybe that that farmers lost that um that that they that they were used to or were a benefit and and now we've kind of lost those double double check with your CPA but from what we were reading the 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 NOL carry back was still enforced we talked about that but it looks like the the carry forward has been capped. So no longer if you make $100,000 last year or a million or whatever it is, you can't, you can't take a loss in the future year okay. and apply all of it. It's now capped at 80% of whatever your taxable income is. So if I had a loss that I wanted to use somewhere with my income in a future year, um, you can't do that okay. to a full extent. You've okay. lost some of that. You've lo- you lost 20% of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. A- anything else? The one I was really surprised about is the like-kind exchanges. Hmm. That one, I think, is going to have a negative effect on a lot of our farmers. Like-kind exchanges. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if if I have a farm and you have a farm, but yours is in Missouri and mine's in Illinois and we want to trade, okay, we can do that. We can trade. You know, I got 100 acres and you've got 100 acres. Let's swap because I want to be where you are and we just want to trade locations. We can exchange that tax-free. Okay. Because you know, it's, it's, it's same kind. Like kind. It's even if, like even kind. If, even if uh, property value was higher in one place than the other? I mean, does it go on value or does it go on size? It goes on a lot of different okay. factors. So you have to, that all comes into play. So you look at it, you want to you know, make sure that it is. So here's, a, here's the more real-time examples. Okay. This is what happens annually. I've got a tractor and I need to upgrade. Okay. So I've got an old tractor, and I'm going to go down to the equipment company, and I'm going to buy a new tractor, and I'm going to trade in my old one. So I'm trading tractor for tractor, but one of them is much nicer tractor. Right. So I'm going to trade my old tractor plus $25,000. Okay. Okay. That event of trading in my old tractor for the new tractor has not been taxable in the past. It just carries over and... Now, if you go and you sell the new tractor a year later, then you have gain. Okay. When I sell mm-hmm. my tractor and I've written it off, I've taken the Section 179 deduction on it, and so I've got all the tax benefit from buying that tractor. Now, when I sell it, I have gain, and I have yeah. to pay tax on it. you yeah. got to recapture all that. Okay. 
So when I traded, they said, well, we're going to just postpone that. That's just going to be a carryover. It's just going to be a suspended, and, and we're not going to worry about that until you actually sell the other one. Okay. That's been eliminated. Oh. So now when you trade in that tractor, there we're going to have to calculate whether there that, is gain on that. Okay, so, okay. So, so... Y'all can shake your head and look at me and like you're crazy, Mark. Or, or we like, already know that. Well, <laughs> you can't set me up like that. You I know, know that. I know, I know. I just, I just, hey, but um, at least I'm not sitting here with a Chiefs cup, blow a 21 point lead. It was an 18 point, and we're talking about um, like kind of exchanges, home. like kind of exchanges at, at home. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> okay, so, um, so if so, so then I'm. I guess my my question would be I I, I go in I have I have my uh, my my old tractor and and I paid and I paid uh, ten thousand dollars for it Gra- or Grandpa paid ten thousand dollars for it mm-hmm. you know and, and so now I'm like I'm gonna go trade this in mm-hmm. you know it's it's uh, I I'm gonna go trade this in but it's but it's it's say it's still worth eleven thousand dollars is that a is that a thousand dollar gain that I've got on that tractor it could be more. Could be a full eleven thousand. Could be a full eleven thousand. If you de- depreciate all of it, it would be okay. So if I depreciated that out, then then anything mm-hmm. that oh wow okay, so anything mm-hmm. that I make then, or any even the trade in value, whatever that trade in value is, if the trade in value is more than what you have it, you, you I've deducted it for yeah yeah more than what I show it mm-hmm. as an asset. We call it the basis. Okay. The book okay. value basis. Yeah. So it was a, a $10,000 tractor and let's say we took 179, section 179. We wrote the whole thing off in 1 year. Okay. So it was you paid 10, you wrote it all off, there's zero. That makes zero okay. basis on it. So then when you trade it in and you get $11,000 for your trade-in value, you have $11,000 gain. Oh wow. Okay. And where it used to it would be that like trade Right and and it and it was just kind of a wash. Right, it wow. it we wouldn't recognize any gain until until until, until you the sold. other one was was more right. or less. You would roll in it any built in over. any any gain that would have come from that tractor is now built into the the new one. The new one, mm-hmm. then and you so can you can appreciate down. You can really just kind of keep upgrading and reinvesting and 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 doing these things for your operation without having to worry about that. But again, you know the benefits you might gain from the corporate tax rate being cut now have mm-hmm. been. So it's going to negate that There's a little a trade-off. bit. It may. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But again, it's the end game isn't necessarily to to have the federal government make less money on taxes. It's usually to incentivize certain behavior. Certain behaviors. That makes sense. I think the interesting thing is going to be as well, when we're talking about our $10,000 tractor, if you've had that tractor for a few years and now you've traded it in and yeah. you've got a gain, you know, the 20% deduction that I told you about? right. right. Is not going to count towards that gain. Oh wow! Even though it's business related, you're not going to get to get the twenty percent deduction because it's a different kind of gain. It's not regular business income. So from what we can tell so far, what we've read so far about this tax bill, you're going to have the gain, and you're not going to get that that twenty percent deduction on it. On it. Wow. Yeah, so guys are going to have to really kind of be careful on how on how they they handle this. The way that they've done things in the past is probably not necessarily a safe thing to do now. I would not assume that the things that we've done in the past are now safe for you to for your financial plan, and and that's why they, we joke about it. But the, the answer really is usually it depends. Okay. So we don't we don't you can't broadcast you know general financial advice that's specific because some farms can do the exact same thing and get hurt, where. 
a guy down the road can do the same thing and gain money from it. Okay. It literally just depends on the size or what the history is of the equipment that you're using. So many different factors yeah. go into every every single wow. decision. Okay. And the other thing that I'll, I'll say, so Amy's not the one that has to say it, is if you're doing your tax planning in December of 2017 for your 2017 taxes or yeah. whatever the year yeah. is, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You need to you need to speak with your CPA as soon as possible when they're done with their continuing education, obviously. <laughs> right. Because they've just got thrown a curveball. But um, go talk to them as Absolutely. soon as you can. Get a plan together. Talk about how the changes will affect things you've done in the past. You know, uh, just be proactive with this planning because it is it is not necessarily fun. Um, but if you look at it in terms of I don't like doing that, well, this is a way for you to make money. So no, not everything we do to make money is fun. Right. But this is this is key for any business management is you've got to understand what what the government is now asking of you if yeah. you're going to be successful. Makes sense. Right. Makes sense. Now, okay, so we've talked about farms and what what farms. Are there any are there any um, benefits for like you know just a, an average farm employee or just a just an average average uh, employee from anywhere? Are there anything that that the average you know, W two guy is gonna is gonna see a benefit on this year. Probably the brackets, the tax mm-hmm. brackets would be the first thing. We we have seven tax brackets. They've lowered them. They've all come down a little bit. Okay. I think the top one now is thirty seven percent, where it was thirty nine point six. Some have been condensed together too. They, yeah, they've they've moved them around. Um, so there's a ten percent bracket, and, but they've made they've expanded it, so more people qualify. Qualify for a ten for the ten percent. And then bracket. there's a twelve percent bracket, but more people qualify. Mm-hmm. So and then it goes up, goes up from there. So they they've broadened those, okay. made it easier to qualify for those smaller tax brackets, and and they've actually lowered the tax rates. Okay. So I think a lot of people will gain on that if you have children under the age of seventeen or sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you get the child tax credit, okay, and that's been increased from a thousand to two thousand dollars. I've got five. You're kids. swimming in it. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, but here's the five. here's the grain oh, of salt. Now. Here's a grain of salt. Yeah, but you've lost the personal exemption for those kids, which was about four thousand dollars per child. What does that What does that mean? So a credit is different than the exemption. The exemption okay. lowers your lowers your taxable income. Mm. So depending on what rate you pay, it could be better. Or could, could be, be worse, worse than the thousand dollar credit. Oh man, man! Now, now you got me all scared. Right? You should be. Yeah. And then, I'm just saying that because you have five kids. I know I do have yeah. five kids that are all under the age of seventeen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today. <laughs> but this has been the interesting part of this tax bill. For every every time, for everything that I can say, this is really great. But we've lost we've this lost over this. here. Yeah. So there's so many different things at play. Think okay. all of these ups and downs that are going on. So your standard deduction. So if you're married filing joint, it went from twelve thousand and something. Now it's going to be twenty four thousand. They've doubled your standard deduction. Okay. But you've lost your personal exemptions. You get a better child tax credit. So all of these things going back and forth. It. it you really need to sit down and, and talk to your tax preparer okay. and run the numbers and see how this is going to affect you. Because we can't just say, okay, everybody who makes between fifty and $75,000 a year, this is, this is how it's going to affect you because there's so many other factors that come into play wow. that you have to take into account. So would it, I mean, you know, I, I know lots of people who, you know, uh, who are, 
filing their taxes, you know, online every year, you know, they, they fill out the easy form, you know, I mean, is, is that, I mean, would you, would you recommend after this, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got a tax business and a CPA. I mean, is that still, is that still a good way to do things or, or should, or, or should they really be looking for, because, because of all these changes this year, should they really be looking for a preparer? E- even the guy who, you know, even the family who's making, you know, 75,000 jointly or whatever. I mean, is, is, is there a benefit to maybe them finding somebody to, to file with, for, for them? Uh, so again, I'll say it so Amy doesn't have to. Yeah. She's, she's a little biased, you yeah. know, when it comes to CPA. Things. Amy Pair CPA. Amy Pair CPA. <laughs> so um, the, the personal word that I would use is pretty much if you have investments okay. of any kind, and that can be your own business or your own retirement account, something that's earning you interest, if you have those things, you should not file on your own okay. generally. I, I can't, again, I can't give you blanket advice right. and apply to everybody, but that's what I would usually tell people is if you've got something that most people don't understand, I you, you can understand W-2. Yeah. Right. I get this much income. I've already given the government this much and they say I owe them this much. Right. So the net is either, you know, you can probably do that online. Pretty much everything else, a CPA will save you money Okay. in the long term, especially if you're a business owner or if you've got business expenses that need to be deducted. Um, I think we're losing some of that, though. So um, yes. you are correct in that with these changes, it probably increases the number of people who should be. Yeah. Who should be going to CPAs and saying, you know, can you, can you, can you help me out here? And even if they can't help you compared to what you could online, yeah. you can probably sleep a lot better at night knowing that they're the ones that did it. And, yeah, and, and you're not. Yeah, so I have a tax preparer, yeah. and, and that's what I tell him. I'm like, I I pay you so that if I get the phone call, your signature's on these papers. That's, right. what, I, that's, what, I, that's what I tell him for. And it doesn't so. take it does not take much for a CPA to look at your tax return and be able to save you more than what they're going to charge you for filing. That makes sense. And it's it's yeah, it's not even close most that of the time. That makes sense. So I, you know what, I, guys, I appreciate you all coming in, and I appreciate you talking through all this complication and. And uh, and shedding a little light on this for us, I, I think that uh, Amy, you, you failed to mention that there was one other sign in your in your business, and I, I think that we should probably leave everyone w- with that thought. Right? It's about it's about avoidance. <laughs> okay, right. So it is legal to avoid the taxes. Avoidance is okay, but it is not okay to evade. You will go to jail for evading Maybe. your taxes, but it is okay if you want to try to avoid them a little bit. There you go. You can play the game. You just can't cheat. You just can't cheat. Can't a- cheat. Absolutely. So, no, I appreciate you guys coming in. Appreciate you guys out there listening. Uh, as always, you can find us on uh, YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. And always, always, always at uh, seedcorn.com. Thanks for listening in, guys. Thank you.